Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of A Good Drop, where every other week or so, we travel around the world trying various weird beverages, and today is Hungary. Yes, that's right. We are hungry for Unicum, which is something I never thought I'd say, because it is, by all accounts, a little odd. Hmm. I'm Stu. I'm Michael. Cheers. Cheers. I'm curious to know what it smells I, I know so little about it before we did our research that I want to know what it smells like. Mm, yeah. All right. Um, well, it's supposed to be a little less aggressive than Fernet, yet beefier than Jägermeister. It's thick, uh, bitter, and laced with subtle piney eucalyptus notes. Uh, <laughs> the guy describes it, this guy on uh, CNN Travel describes it as bracing. A taste that grows delightfully more palatable with each sip. <laughs> yeah, so that's... I mean, that sort of drink, that intrigues me. Yeah. Things that are an acquired taste. Because so many things are an acquired taste. And when you first have it, you go, ah. Oh, and then it kind of grows on you. Mm. And maybe this is one of those things. I mean, their, their marketing has suggested as such. <laughs> yeah, they, uh, they market it as something you need to drink twice. And they even marketed it in America with the slogan, force yourself. <laughs> yeah, well, and supposedly they actually stopped producing the original Unicom over there oh. and now sell something that is sweeter and thinner bodied with a more prominent citrus flavor. I wonder what was um, yeah. It was originally called Unicum Next, and was then rebranded as Zwack. Oh, this well, this is not that. Then this is this prominently displays the word Unicum. Yeah, yeah. So this is not what they have in America because the one in America is not the original. Hmm. It's Unicum Next, aka Zwack. Zwack. Yeah. So if you're one of our many US listeners. You can't actually drink what we're drinking. You can drink Zwack. Well, you may be able to find it, but... Well, yeah, you, I suppose you can always import stuff, can't you? Yeah. But, um, I guess here we go. Let me grab the bottle. Yeah, so while you're pouring, let me uh, give a brief history of the story behind Unicum. Because according to the Zwack Company, it was created in 1790 by Dr. Josef Zwack in his capacity as royal physician to the imperial court. And it was originally an aid for indigestion. Smell it here. And uh, apparently the drink received the royal seal of approval and J. Zwack & Co. was founded in 1840. And uh, it was successful and soon became a significant distillery in both Hungary and Central Europe, producing hundreds of liqueurs and spirits alongside Unicom. Mm. Now, I'm not sure what else Zwack produces, because I haven't really looked into it. But No, but, well, they have a portfolio of... Well, when the um, 
shit, what's his name? When uh, Dr. Zwack was inventing this drink, um, the the brand, I suppose, Zwack, uh, oh, that was 1840, was pretty neither here nor there. But um, 50 years later, in, 19, in 1895, Zwack was producing over 200 liqueurs and spirits and exporting them from a distillery that's still in use today. So this, I suppose the the Zwack distillery or producer is kind of a um, hidden gem if they're producing a whole pile of different drinks. Yeah, well, according to their website, they produce 12 different drinks. Unicum, St. Hubert's, Zwack Maximilian, Puerto Rico, Futiolos, Kalinka, Kosher, Mexeki, Itoka, Vilmos... Swak, Sandor, Nemes, Palinka, Hiros, and Zib. They sound a lot like they're all uh, Eastern European drinks, or just European drinks. Uh, and so, twelve only 12 now. That's down from 200. Well, that's what they list on their website. They list those 12 under the products section of their website. Mm-hmm. But those appear to be broad-reaching, like Zib is Hungarian wines. Hmm. Must be like that a... That is the Zwack Isabella wine selection. Hmm. So, potentially, these are all actually many things. Could be. Could be. Like, it could be the, the wine, like a wine brand, for example. Like yeah. Brown Brothers or... Uh, Di Bertoli is over here. Yeah, uh, and sadly, it's difficult to find much in English about Zwack. So, <laughs> well, <that>. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so I suppose before we get into the history on it, let's let's taste. Oh, let's yes, let's explore well, what this is. Yeah, because yeah. it's very Jesus. dark in color. It almost looks like a cola. Like to to look at it, yeah, that that kind of uh, brown inky blackness. Yeah, mm. it smells very yeah. very sweet. Mm, the smell is unique. It's reminiscent of other herbal liqueurs, but and it different. Kind, and it kind of so the the biggest note I can smell at the moment is like a a uh, almost like a plum port smell. Yeah, well, and apparently there are two varieties. Of Unicum, there's Unicum and Unicum Plum. Mm. So if this is the standard Unicum and it smells a bit plummy, how plummy must Unicum Plum be? I would say it's very plummy. But uh, I'm curious. I definitely yeah. also smell like brown sugar. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's got forty different herbs and botanicals in it, so. Mm. So it could be anything. It's yeah, going to be just as interesting and complex as any of the other herbal liqueurs we've yeah. talked about. Well, it, they they said beefier than Fernet, and uh, sorry, not as beefy as Fernet, but beefier than Jägermeister. So I'm thinking it's going to be pretty, pretty strong. Yeah. Well, let's give it a shot. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers. 
Oh, dear God. That is interesting. They weren't kidding about... Oh. About it being bitter and... Uh, fuller in flavor than Jägermeister. Yeah. <coughs> wow. Whew. But it even from one sip, it warms you to the core. Mm. And I can see it definitely working well as an aperitif because I just want to eat anything to get this taste out of my mouth. <laughs> uh, well. I mean, flavor... Oh, I need to taste this again. Well, and they they do say that once you get used to the taste, it can become quite addictive almost. Something that people can grow to love and then want to drink more of it. Well, they're not wrong. That second sip is not so bad. Yeah. Yeah. It's bad first sip, though. Yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> Well, I guess th- this is good for for taking somewhere with friends because people will only only ever ask for it once. Yeah. And you say, no, no, you need a second one yeah. to really enjoy it. It's um, it's really coated my mouth with that bitter sweetness, though. Yeah, it's... Have you noticed? Mm, it's odd how it manages to juxtapose itself so immensely. With so much bitterness, but also so much sweetness. Mm. Um, I don't really notice that eucalyptus pine. Oh, it's there a little bit, but yeah, that's mm. wow. And I, I can't really put my finger on, like in most herbal liqueurs, you can pick out a few distinct herbal flavors, but in this. I'm I'm struggling to pick out any distinct botanicals or anything. That there's no plum flavor that I got in the smell. No. Yes, in the taste. No. No. Yeah, I can't really taste anything either. It's it's really quite rough for a uh, for a liqueur. Wow. Yeah. I can see why people shot it. <laughs> yeah. But then, when you acquire a taste for it, you sip it. Sip it. Mm. it um, so, it lives up to its reputation in Australia as not, like, not something you drink lightly. Um, but you know, I could, I could like it. Uh, so the the traditional way to drink it is sipping or shotting. Sipping as a digestive. No. Sipping as an aperitif and shotting as a digestive. Uh, but um, a couple of other people can su- suggest that it's pretty good over ice or even uh, shot straight out of the freezer, like uh, Jägermeister or Limoncello. Yeah, well, and supposedly you can use it in cocktails, though you'd need to use it quite sparingly. Mm. Because the flavor is so strong. Well, you could use it. You could totally use it in place of other bitters. Um, I'm sure you could use it to use it as a substitute for Campari, 
or uh, Amaro. Oh yeah, yeah. Most most likely, you you definitely could, and I guess if you were game, you could even try it as a a Jaeger bomb with this instead of the Jaeger. <laughs> You'd have to be pretty game. Mm. Uh, or or instead of AGWA, Agua. Sorry, or instead of Agua. Yeah. Why do I still don't understand why people want a uh, shot of caffeine liqueur with, with caffeine with a, a caffeine energy drink? That that still blows my mind. Yeah, I I don't understand it either. Yeah. Uh, so, how did it begin? Uh, it all I suppose it all started in 1790. When Habsburg ruler Joseph II, Holy Roman Emperor, had a bout of indigestion, and uh, Doctor Z- Dr. Zwack, a local royal physician, uh, whipped up a herbal remedy for him. Uh, upon drinking it, Joseph II uh, purportedly claimed, Dr. Zwack, das ist ein Unicum. I'm not entirely sure what that means. Is that... Uh, Hungary, Hungarian for unique. I don't know. Don't know. Um, but the uh, well, the unique elixir subsequently spread in popularity, and the Zwack Company was founded in 1840 by Josef Zwack, an ontem- entrepreneurial descendant of the visionary doctor. Uh, in 1895. Zwack was producing over 200 liqueurs and spirits, exporting them from a distillery that's still in use today, like I mentioned earlier. Um, different uh, generations of the Zwack family have always, I suppose, had a, a controlling interest in the uh, company, but the, I suppose the two most prominent children or two most prominent of the family are Bella and Janos, who were... Uh, in charge during Zwack's most troubling years. Mm, and of course, those troubling years, since we, we might as well talk about it and how the recipe changed Yes, during, during certain years, thanks to communism. Oh, jeez. Because during the Second World War, the Zwack family was destroyed and then a communist regime arrived in... Hungary, and the majority of the Zwack family escaped to the US, leaving behind a fake recipe in the hands of the communist government, because the government, of course, took ownership of all businesses. Mm. And so they left a fake recipe, and not the carefully guarded secret Unicom recipe. (laughs) And for over 30 years, it was produced in Hungary using this alternate formula. Mm. I wonder if they made it not as good just to uh, stick it to the government. Yeah, possibly. Because there's no mention of what that recipe actually was. No, so obviously whoever, the people who liked the original mustn't have been particularly fond of that one. Mm. And so when communism fell in 1989... The family returned to Hungary, bringing the original Unicom recipe with them. And after they bought back their company from this date, Zwack returned to making Unicom in its original form. 
and have continued using that recipe to this day. Hmm. So that's a solid 30 years that Unicom has been returned to making the original to yeah, returned to making the original recipe. Mm. It's the original recipe of seven herbs and spices. 40 secret herbs and spices. <laughs> yeah. What are your second thoughts on this drink? Well, it is more palatable the second time and the third time that you sip it. Mm. But I don't... I I suppose they, they say you need like a solid second cup of it. Yeah. To really develop a liking for it because at at the moment I can't see there being much truth to that (laughs) I mean I'm sure some people absolutely love this and possibly if we were pairing it with um, you know with some traditional Hungarian cuisine Mm. we might find that those strong flavours worked well against this yeah it's um yeah it's hungary it's hungary's national drink and it's apparently a staple in uh budapest bar shelves yes so i've heard which i suppose makes sense Mm. that it would be a popular thing to have there. Hmm. And I'm I'm sure it would be it would go down very well with the right food pairing as well. We just don't have the right food here. Yeah. Yeah, no, we we definitely don't. Hmm. If you're from Hungary and you have uh suggestions on what we should uh eat with it, let us know. Shoot us an email to a good drop at gmail.com. Yes, and of course, if you like it, let let us know that as well. Yeah. Because we're we're curious. Obviously it is well liked. Mm. It's it's not widely available in Australia. I mean it, it is available at our favorite bottle shop, which means it's not too hard to come by. But But not many had it. I had to go through a couple of shops to actually find it. And the bottle I did get was the last one they had and was covered in dust. Yeah, and I'll admit I've I've seen it on um on friends bar shelves. Like at, <laughs> at, at their place. A bottle that's been been opened and had a tiny bit taken out of it and has just sat there and is covered in dust. Mm. So I, I feel like people buy it and then they crack it open, taste it put the cap back on and stick it on the shelf with the rest of their liquor to stay there forevermore. <laughs> yeah. Like the, like the Amara that you still have? Yeah, like that. But, you know, <laughs> I, I keep that for a reason. To uh, torment friends when they come? Exactly. And that's exactly <laughs> what you can do with the Unicum. <laughs> Though, undoubtedly, since there must be a percentage of the population who like it, mm-hmm. you may hit one who does. Yeah. Well, it, after the... After getting over the initial shock to the taste buds, I don't think it's that bad. 
like you, I'm starting to taste a little bit of the complexity and flavors. It was just unique when yeah. Uh, oh yeah, no, it's when first tried. I'll admit the the last mouthful I just had, which was the last mouthful of the glass, was definitely the most pleasant. Hmm. It does make me wonder what the what the difference in flavor would be right out of the freezer. Yeah, since they do suggest that you can do that as well. Hmm. And possibly that's like the uh like the easy mode. <laughs> Where the flavors are dulled sufficiently that you can jump straight to getting used to it and liking mm. it better. Yeah. I must admit, though, things like scotch and bourbon are, can be a bit like that, too. Yeah, true, with very strong initial flavors. And I mean, because we're, we're used to whiskey. Yeah. But we're not used to this. And maybe that's it. I, you, you're probably right. Because um, a lot of. A lot of scotches can be really bitey the first time you sip them. Even uh, even the scotches I drink can be really bitey and unforgiving if you uh, get complacent. Yes. Yes, absolutely. So I suppose something to keep in mind. I mean, fair is fair, and we want to be fair to this drink. Mm. Are you saying we have to have another shot? Well, based purely on what they say, yeah, we probably should. Mm. How strong is it? It's forty percent. Mm. I think that's pretty strong. Yeah, forty percent. It's forty percent, which explains the the bite, the alcohol bite and warmth it has. Yeah, absolutely, and then. That seems up there for a herbal liqueur. Yeah. Well, Jägermeister's like, 40%. Uh, true. The Ugg was only 30. Yeah. Uh, what else? And, um, um, Chartreuse is pretty pretty strong. Oh, yeah. Chartreuse is some... Yes. Good Good point. Good point. <laughs> they are all over the place in strength, those herbal liqueurs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for, I mean, for something this sweet, it's surprisingly strong. You don't normally see stuff that's this sweet at 40 plus percent. Yeah, that is very, very true. Like things like limoncello and limoncello and um, agua, they're low 30 to 35-ish. Um, it's, I suppose, the, the ballsy ones, I guess, that are, the, that are 40%. Yeah, or stronger. That yeah. said, though, I find chartreuse very pleasant, very yeah. smooth. Yeah, and I I actually like to drink it with a bit of soda water because it uh, dulls the sweetness down but um, allows the herbal flavours to come out. Mm, perhaps this would benefit from soda water. I must admit, though, uh, chartreuse isn't bitter, so I don't know how that would go. So we're just doing a fifty-fifty shot of chartreuse and and soda water. Yeah, soda. I'm I'm just curious to see what difference it makes. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, all right. 
let's uh we'll just pause this and uh pour away Right, so now we have our 50-50 Unicum and soda water. Hmm, the, the good old-fashioned mix. What do you reckon? Cheers. Well, yeah, it... Uh, cheers. Actually, it looks more like cola now. Mm. I reckon more like brown creaming soda. Oh, yes, good point. And it smells... Slightly lighter. Mm, way more mild than before. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's mm. that's much, much nicer. Yeah, that well, is... Much easier to drink on the first... For uh, Unicum noobs like us. Mm, there's an immense difference. And I feel almost like it's bringing out different flavours as well. So in soda water, it has no taste, but it effervesces, and I think that changes the way the drink behaves. Yeah. Um, I don't really... No, I, I don't really taste much difference, aside from it being less intense. Is, I suppose, the, the, the big difference. Yeah... But then, I guess it depends how much you want your drink to be like camping. <laughs> yes. Because, you know, camping is intense. That is true. Um, I don't know. It, it's still quite bitter. Um, but, like, with watering down the rest of it, it's not so bad. Well, not, not so intense. Yeah, yeah, not so intense. I mean, I, I do feel as though it's become more palatable by watering it down. But this is basically the second drink of it. And yep. I'm still not finding myself thinking, yes, I'd like to buy a bottle of this. <laughs> yeah, I, I still think it's an acquired taste. <clears throat> yeah, and if, you know, if we were European mm. and used to these sorts of flavours and ate the sorts of foods that get paired with it. Yeah. You know me, I'm a fan of herbal liqueurs. And this is this is kind of growing on me. It's mm. uh it's not a uh easy level drink though, like you said. It, this is more of a uh hard to ultra hard level. Yeah. And I I suppose if I had an entire bottle of it like you've now got and <laughs> was going to slowly drink it over time, I would probably develop a taste for it. Like, it is... I like it more now than I did when I took that first sip. Mm. So they weren't wrong. Yeah. Hmm. I wonder how much it takes to actually see it in a shop and say, you know what, I'm going to buy that. I might take a few bottles. (laughs) (laughs) I don't... I honestly don't know whether I'd buy it again. Um, a, it's challenging to find, and B, it's bracing. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I guess in the it's the sort of thing where in the heat of winter, you want something Ooh. that's suddenly bracing. Mm. And well, the heat of winter. The chill of winter. 
Yes, because yeah. yeah, heat heat of winter. You you want heat? It's winter. Yeah, but to heat to heat you in winter. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. It it would serve that purpose quite well, but then so would a nice stiff scotch. Yeah, I I could see this going well in like autumn or early spring camping, where the weather is cold, so you still need to wear a jumper or a jacket. And you're next to a campfire and you've got a bottle of this or a bottle of scotch or any kind of whiskey. And you're, you know, chatting with friends and having a good old time and keeping warm with your uh, social spirits and your alcohol spirits. Yes, and undoubtedly eating, you know, Belgian sausage or something. Mm. I mean, who... Who knows? Hungarian goulash, perhaps. Yeah, could be anything. I, mean, I expect a goulash would probably go well with this. That it could. That it could. Um, so, that's about it from me. Have you got anything else? Um, I don't. I am curious, because we, we often forget to do this. Mm-hmm. What would you rate this in bottle caps? Oof. It is hard, because this is not. This is a, a expert-level drink. Yeah. And or a a a drink made for a different palate. Yeah, and very clearly an acquired taste that we have not acquired yet. Yeah. Um I suppose first impression is a 4 or 5. Um but we were warned that it was going to be like that. Uh second impression is leans towards 6.5 to 7. Um, but a, I suppose an honest opinion of it is forthcoming. Yeah, and I, I pretty much agree with you there that the more you drink it, the more that rating kind of goes up. I, I would probably put it on a sliding scale. Yeah. With the initial tasting definitely being quite low. Yeah. And your, your taste bud's going, WTF, mate. Yeah. <laughs> and... Then you know you adapt, overcome. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I, I could see for for a person who develops a taste for this, I could see it being an ace drink, mm. and I can see why people like it. And the the flavors are quite interesting, and it would go much better as an accompaniment to food. Yeah, and definitely as as a yeah, fitting its intended original purpose as an aperitif or digestive. Mm. Oh, I think it does that very, very well. Yeah. Like I'm hungry. No pun intended. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so if you liked what you heard, everybody, be sure to hit that subscribe button if you haven't already. We are a good drop all about alcohol on your favorite podcast app including Stitcher, Spotify, YouTube Music, uh, Apple Music, various other musics, um, and many more, Podbean, etc. And, of course, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram forms of social media as a good drop podcast. Hmm. And we have a good old-fashioned website where you can check out our backlog of roundabout around about 150 something episodes uh, we are uh, our, our web address is a good drop.com.au 
And if you've got any comments, suggestions, uh, feedback, or uh, ideas on what to uh, pair this drink with, send us an email to a good drop at gmail.com. And do be sure to tune in to our next episode when we get back to talking about wine. It's been a while. Oh, I'm so excited for this one. And it's it's a red again. Mm. We are talking about the Nero de Vola. Mm. This is one of your suggestions, Nicole. Mm, it is, it is. And, and, and I'm, I'm always a, a fan of your suggestions on wine. Yeah, it's, it's an Italian red, which usually is a good thing. I'm keen. So, until next time, cheers. Cheers. <laughs>